And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Ian Hayworth. Always a great time talking to Ian. Uh, we covered a lot. Uh, we made some Super Bowl predictions. We talked about uh, sports journalists making up Tom Brady's <laughs> retirement, apparently. Uh, we talked about the Canadian trucker convoy. We talked about uh, President, former President Trump's bizarre and ridiculous statement last night. Uh, we talked about the Democrats' bizarre hatred of Joe Rogan slash their own fathers. <laughs> we, we, we covered a lot. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Ian, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, if, you are, if you are an iTunes user, please leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Without further ado, the great Ian Hayworth. All right, guys, we're here with my brother Ian Hayworth. Ian, how you been, man? Pretty good. I enjoyed the uh, weekend of football. I know we're going to talk about it. Help me move on a tiny bit from the Packers game. I, I hate the Niners more than almost anything else in the world. So it was a, a difficult weekend, but it came out okay for me. Yeah, I'm still mourning the Steelers, also knowing that like we might not be good <laughs> again for like a long time. You know, we uh, now that Ben's retired. I mean, T- Terry Bradshaw retired in 1983, and the Steelers drafted Ben in 2004. So sometimes, and they had uh, you know about fifteen trash quarterbacks in between those those two gentlemen. So yeah, I don't know. And man, twenty-one years of pain ahead, dude. With the Packers, like I, it doesn't make any sense. I was talking to JJ about this the other day. Like, it makes no sense that the the Niners keep beating the Packers in the playoffs. It's just like it, they're cursed, man. Some weird curse. Yes, from all those it's, wizards I, I in do San not Francisco. Understand. Yeah, I don't get it. Going back to like uh, the Kaepernick. Going back to the Kaepernick game, that was like eight years ago, man, where they went into yep. Lambeau and beat up on the Packers, and it's like, what the heck? Makes no sense. But it's also, I feel like the Packers never learn from each game. We're just like, maybe stop the run. That would help. Maybe have special teams that don't implode randomly in a playoff game. Okay. I also hate Niners fans so much. Niners fans are the worst. I know everyone has an opinion on who the worst fans are. Niners fans disappear when the team is awful. They all come out of the woodwork the second the team is good. Say, oh, yeah, I'm a diehard fan, diehard fan when they're not cheering for the Warriors and when they're winning and ignoring the Warriors and when they're losing. Bay Area sports fans are just the worst people on the planet. Cannot stand them. Except for our boy Aaron Bandler, who is like a diehard Yeah, Bay Area I'll guy. Make, a, <laughs> make an exception because he supports them when they're losing. And Yeah, his his family has se- has always had season tickets like since he's, he was a kid. So, like, you know, the good times and the bad times. So I respect that. But generally speaking, especially Warriors fans are just the worst. Yeah. man. I mean, so just how we all predicted. I'm being sarcastic, obviously, but Bengals and Rams in the Super Bowl. Who you got? <laughs> obviously. I, yeah. I mean, I, obviously, we all we all saw that coming. But I, I, I'm picking the Rams. I picked the Rams to win a couple of weeks ago, and I'm sticking with it. I mean, the Bengals look great, but, you know, I don't know. 
I'd like to see Stafford get one. I mean, just win one for the city of Detroit. You know, like it's never going to happen for the Detroit yep. Lions, but like he's got to win one for Megatron, for Barry Sanders, for all the guys that never had a chance. I think Rams is probably the the smart pick. Like that's the one if you're thinking with your head. If you think with your heart, though, I I have a small inkling. I think the Bengals could do it. Um, I didn't see enough from the Rams consistently throughout the game against the Niners. I think they had moments where like your boy Cup just kept scoring like he was probably the best pick of the fantasy league this year oh by far um but i don't know i think there's something about winning and winning when you no one expects you to that kind of breeds a system of playing where you almost feel unbeatable i think that's pretty pretty exciting it's gonna be a good game regardless like i'm just glad it's not the niners i can just enjoy the game don't really mind who wins rather than just sitting there with bleeding rage that the niners are even playing for a super bowl at all just watching Jimmy G, that handsome bastard, just in another Super Bowl on a team that never should have been there. <laughs> Hilariously mediocre quarterback that everyone likes because <laughs> he's good looking. Hey, man, I'd take him over uh, Mason Rudolph next year, any day of the week. <laughs> You've seen that guy attempt to play quarterback in the NFL. It's it's not pretty. It's not pretty, Ian. It's not good. So one, one more football-related note I mean, before we get to, to the world of politics. Dude, all right, look, I mean, we all know that comedy sucks nowadays. So, like, my biggest source of comedy is journalism. Just watching Mm -hmm. the journalists just absolutely make clowns of themselves. And they did it again, and this time in the world of sports. The journalists reported that Tom Brady retired um, on Saturday. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Tom Brady's agent, and Tom Brady's dad (laughs) all all came out. You can't make this up, dude. This is ridiculous. So Tom Brady's dad and all the rest of them come out. They're like, no. They're like, I don't know, man. Like Tom Brady might retire. He hasn't made up his mind one way or the other. The season just ended last week. So maybe, you know, don't get your knickers in a knot. And then the journalists, it's it's incredible, man. No apologies, nothing, no retraction. They just they just tweeted right through it, brother. <laughs> they just, they yep. just powered through. And I flipped on ESPN this morning just to see if they were still trying to just talk their way through it. And yeah, man. I mean, they're like... Like their headline on like Sports Center and stuff is like Tom Brady retired. <laughs> it's like they just don't care, man. They do, they just do not care. Like they're just like the corporate press journalists in in the world of politics, man. It's like they just don't. They'll just talk. Mm-hmm. Like they just go on TV and say things. They do not care about the truth whatsoever. It, it's hysterical. Well, there's just no incentive to care. I think they realize that they can get away with quite literally anything. And they can get all the attention because that's really where the metrics of success are in any form of journalism. It's just they got the clicks, they got the retweets, they got people talking about the fact that Brady's retiring, they got the attention. And no one seems to care that there's no anger in the consumer market for journalists who just make stuff up. Like that, They could report the same thing in a couple of weeks and they'll have the same cycle. I think they must be laughing their way to the bank, honestly, that they can just say things that are so patently false. Oh, over and over again, really. It's not like there's one-off moments and keep getting away with it. I, I blame the country, honestly, that we keep putting up with this and keep looking to these people as a source of any kind of information, whether it be sports, politics, or anything else. Dude, just imagine being such an idiot where you're like, yeah, man, you should believe me over Tom Brady's father. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> I'm a better source than the person who knows him. <laughs> I know Tom Brady better than his agent and his dad. <laughs> I mean, it's like, dude, <laughs> I just don't, I just don't understand, man. I, I just don't understand these people, but you know, they do provide us endless entertainment. So God bless, God bless journalists everywhere, Ian. <laughs> they're just, they're heroes. They're, 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 it's like our Normandy. It's yeah, like D-Day man. every day. 
It's amazing. It's amazing, dude. So, look, we, we let's start with the Canadian trucker convoy, convoy, which, I mean, I was late to the game. I mean, I think, like everyone else, late to the game even, like, following this because there's been a complete media blackout, which I guess is to be <laughs> expected. But there's something like 50,000 trucks uh, in Ottawa right now. The convoy was, like, 45, 50 miles long, something like that, which is just, I mean, just wild. Oh, they're protesting the, the COVID regime, obviously. And uh, Justin Trudeau, prime minister, apparently has fled to the U.S. <laughs> That's been reported in the <laughs> in the Guardian, I think, and a couple other outlets. They actually fled to the States. Um, his office <laughs> put out... Dude, these people, man, uh, Canadians. The, the uh, His office put out a statement this morning saying that he has COVID, which is kind of shocking that now you can get COVID from trucks. But, <laughs> I mean, look, you'll love to see this, obviously. Um I'm a little ashamed that Canadians are out freedoming us, but uh, I mean, God bless them, man. God bless the truckers. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they have the resolve to to stay there as long as, as long as they have to to uh, to get their point across. I think what's so stunning is how it, it doesn't take a huge amount to to really show that the emperor has no clothes. And I think this is a perfect example of there's a obviously a huge protest going on, and Trudeau's entire regime fell apart. But the fact he has, as you said, fled the country over an apparent COVID case, which I don't think any of us believe he actually has COVID. I think COVID has turned into the eternal excuse that gets you out of school any day you want. Now. Oh, you can say, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I've got COVID. Oh, yeah. Every time you have a bad news cycle, oh, I've got the, got the cocoa. And so it's just <laughs> it's a reliable way of just avoiding responsibility. I, I This does give me hope, though. I think there's there's countries that are more authoritarian in nature than the US. I think we've seen protests in Europe, we've seen protests in Australia that really show that people love freedom. People love freedom outside of the US. Uh, I think it shows how you can get things done just by saying no. Just say no to this nonsense. Like They're not gods, they're not kings, they're elected officials who really don't have as much power as they like to say they do. Just say no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it is funny, I, I do think you'd see more... Um protests like this in the United States if people couldn't move. You know, I mean, you moved to Tennessee, yes. right? You know, like people are, are flocking to Tennessee, to, to Florida, to Texas. Um, you, obviously, the, the federal government in Canada is a lot more powerful um, than our federal mm-hmm. government. They have a lot more jurisdiction over the states than they do here. I mean, you know, obviously the Democrats are trying to destroy that. But, um, you know, I think people have been protesting with their feet. You know, they're just moving to free, to free yes. states. You know, if you look at the population of florida you know it's it's ridiculous and the, obviously canadians just don't have that option but um yeah man like it, it's funny the uh the washington post right right on cue they they said uh yesterday i forget who is i should probably know that but uh one of their columnists said that uh you know the, the press cannot humanize these truckers you know which is funny that, that, that sounds exactly how every <laughs> literal madman. Yeah, I mean, that, that's how, you know, every evil madman in history talks about their political opponents. So, I mean, they're really trying to demonize these guys. The corporate press, I mean, any mention that they do make to this, the, the, the convoy is like calling them racists or something, you know, saying all these white supremacists in Canada are, are marching on the Capitol. It's like, yeah, man, it, it is funny. This is how the left views normal people as the enemy, as people that should be destroyed or killed or, or whatever. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's telling us not to humanize these people is, is pretty wicked. Um, definitely what, what every fascist has said throughout history. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I, I hope these guys have the resolve. I, I think they should. I mean, shoot. I mean, I hope they overthrow their government and arrest this jabroni of a prime minister and, and put him on trial for, for crimes against humanity. I mean, personally, Ian, I know you're not as 
you know, radical as I am, but we haven't had a coup in the West in a long time. <laughs> you know, like Thomas Jefferson's Liberty Tree refreshing and, and all of that. Um, you know, I'd love to see it. I, I really hope they do bring that bring this government to their knees. Well, there's also multiple ways of achieving that goal. Like when people think of a coup, they think about, you know, say South American military coming in and hanging the old president by his toenails and putting someone in. But there's ideological right. coups, too. There's just um, the population rising up. And as I said, just saying no to things and making it very clear that the political class and the elite class that has developed, especially in the last decade or so, that has really built a concrete wall around themselves in terms of protection, they don't have the power they think they do. That's also a coup in a lot of ways. They're just looking someone like Biden in the face, looking like someone like Trudeau in his self-satisfied face when he isn't wearing blackface, of course, and just saying no to the insane things they demand. And I, I think that's something you and I have spoken about before, where we're kind of disappointed in the American population because we would have assumed that Americans, by and large, would have been the first to just say no to things. And COVID was a period of people just not necessarily saying yes, but definitely not saying no, just kind of shrugging and going along while their rights are slowly washed away in front of them. And so it's it's certainly very moving to see places um, that aren't defined by freedom in the, sway, in the same way that the United States is really standing up what is right and what is wrong. And I think we can learn a lot from them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a side note with these truck drivers, I mean, Canada is a country of there's what, like 20, 25, 30 million people. It's not it's not that large of a country. And if 50,000 trucks are refusing to restock stores, I mean, that, that would bring their entire economy to a standstill if 50,000 yeah. tractor trailers aren't, aren't resupplying stores. I mean, here in northwest Ohio this week, we're looking at we're going to get somewhere between 20 and 30 inches of snow this week. Um, I'm sure north, uh, north of us up in Canada is going to get hit even harder. I mean, we're, we're looking at, dude, stores around here are empty. Um, I mean, I think the Canadian government will have to address these people's concerns, <laughs> you know, in the middle of, of February um, with, a, with, you know, supply chain shortages everywhere and, and obviously yep. inflation and affecting food prices and everything. I mean, it, it's going to get worse um, for the Canadian people. And I, I don't know, they're got, you can't ignore these people and call them racists and say don't humanize them if nobody can eat food, if they can't find food on, on the shelves. So yep. it's like these people are going to have, they're going to, as long as they have the resolve to stick it out, they're going to force the government to take them seriously. Well, I think it's the ultimate thing of everyone needs food, everyone needs fuel. And I think prior to the Biden administration, the state of life, even during COVID, was very good for most people in terms of what you had access to, the kind of products you could buy quite cheaply, the kind of incomes people were having. And hopefully this is teaching people that policies have real outcomes. When you have especially such polarized ideologies when it comes to the right versus the left in terms of things like the role of government, the role of spending by the government, things like that. You put Biden in and overnight the country has fallen apart. Like we are seeing really, really bad stuff. We're on the edge of even worse things happening. It's going to be a miserable place for a lot of people for a long time. These things are very hard to fix once you create this kind of situation. I really hope that people learn from this, of hanging your entire campaign on the fact that the other guy is kind of a bad, mean orange man who tweets unpleasant things. It's like, yeah, well, food is good. And yes, you might not like the guy in charge for what he says and how he maybe how he acts. But when you push basically a socialist in sheep's clothing to the front of the line, food goes away pretty quickly because there are consequences to things. We do not live in a fairy tale where America is always wonderful. America is wonderful because of the people who have kept it so. And 
uh, I, I get pessimistic because I worry that people will not remember. And before long, we'll have a Republican president and then we'll have another Democrat president. And we'll just do this cycle all over again. It's it's concerning because I don't have faith in people's ability to really learn from our mistakes in real time. Oh, yeah. No, of course. I mean, I'm, I'm a libertarian. I think everything's always going to get worse all the time. <laughs> so, I mean, you're pre- preaching to the choir here, buddy. Um, I, you, you did mention Donald Trump briefly, and we have to talk about his ridiculous statement he put out last night that was making its way yep. around Twitter. Honestly, man, and like, see, unless you're a, a San Francisco 49ers fan, uh, the, the vast majority of the audience agreed with everything we've said so far, and we're going to ruin that right now um, because i am apologies I'm get, in advance I'm, I'm getting so tired of this guy man i'm getting so tired of donald trump it, it, honestly i think the only way republicans can lose is if they nominate trump and he spends his entire campaign talking about the last election which is of course what he would do it's what he's doing constantly yep. he put out a statement last night and i'll try to I'll try to read as much as I can without absolutely mocking the guy because it is just pathetic. He sounds like a, a little petulant child at this point. This, this is Donald Trump, the 45th president of the United States. Quote, if the vice president, Mike Pence, had absolutely no right to change the presidential election results in the Senate despite finding in a minute. Oh, God, I can't even do it, man. He's whining about the 2020 <laughs> election. This child is whining. At, dude, I, I get so much hate on the show for correctly criticizing Trump. And a lot of people just refuse to let Trump go. But I'm, I'm letting you guys know, let it go. This guy is lame, man. What a whiny little wuss. Oh, the Democrats yep. cheated? Of course, the, the Democrats always cheat. Come on, man. The Democrats impeached him twice for no reason. With, like, are they willing to fudge some numbers and stuff like that? Of course. Why don't, why don't you beat him with cheat-proof majorities? Okay, that's how you have to beat Democrats. Sorry to tell you, it's been that way forever. The Democrats are who they are. We know who they are. My, my goodness, I can't stand one more of these whiny little press releases from Trump complaining about how Biden stole the last election. Dude, who cares? I mean, how, yeah. he's not standing up for the little guy. He's not standing up the forgotten man. I mean, this is all about Trump and his stupid ego. Like, it's, it's pathetic, man. It's annoying. It's like a petulant little child. Also, just no one likes a loser. You don't win on the back of complaining about a loss. No. You win by sucking it up, changing your strategy, and coming back twice as hard. I don't want him to necessarily run again. I don't want him to be nominated again. But if he, uh, I feel like we're a broken record here, but if he changed his attitude rather than talking about 2020, talking about 2024, talking about what Biden is doing wrong and what he would do differently, that would be very different. But this is like a gift to the left. This is like their their Christmas dream. And for some of them, Hanukkah dream, you know, Bernie Sanders is a famous Hanukkah celebrator, all rolled into one in that all they have to do now is point to Trump. Like, yeah, well, we're, we certainly have issues. But you remember how much you hated Trump four years ago? Well, you still hate him now. That's all they will have to do. And the way Trump can't see that this is this is all about him. It's not for the good of the country or good of the conservative movement or good of the right generally or even good of America. It's just about him being unable to accept the fact that he lost yes he may have lost illegitimately in some cases and other cases i think he's just making it up but he lost it doesn't really matter how he lost at this point he needs to move on be an adult and just say something new say something at least constructive rather than just moaning about what mike pence did and didn't do and writing their campaign ads for them it's unbelievable 
Yeah, man. I mean, it's like he's just like a hack comic who's got one joke. It's like, dude, write some new yep. material. It's boring. And also, with this this stupid statement last night, it's not true. Like, no, Mike Pence could not have gone in there and changed the results of the election. Like, I don't know where the heck he's getting this nonsense, but it's nonsense. And I'm sorry yes. for any of you that believed this. Like, anybody listening to the show right now that actually believes that, like, Mike Pence should have just, like, declared Trump the president? It's like, dude, like, come on. Why? why? Are, you, are you really that stupid that you believe that? My goodness. The guy's going after his own vice president for absolutely no reason. Like, what? These people, man. These people. And, you're and right. losing and losing the Senate, by the way, at the same time, which is yes. arguably even more impactful because yes. now we're going to have a Supreme Court justice chosen by Biden. Yeah. And we did not need that didn't have to be the case. We didn't. That, that did not have to happen. Trump made that happen. My goodness. That's it's pathetic, man. And you still I still see there's so many people and like, you can appreciate all the good things Trump did in office and still call out this nonsense. Like it, you can yes. walk and chew gum at the same time. I just don't understand. It's a, it's just a bunch of Republicans acting like Democrats. That's all it is. It's a bunch of mm-hmm. Republicans acting like Democrats, doing the whole ridiculous cult of personality game, following dear leader no matter what he says. It's like, dude, you sound like a leftist. Like, wake up, man. My goodness. Like, right wingers are not supposed to behave like this. Well, it's also uh, there's a psychological element here where losing is difficult. Like, losing is in many ways traumatizing. It's not something we inherently like doing. And whenever we lose, whether you're a child or an adult, the immediate response deep down in our base caveman instinct is just to blame something else. Like it wasn't my failure. It was the failure of someone else. And I think that's something key to conservatism is it's an elevated way of thought of looking at an issue and thinking about your role, your responsibility, taking responsibility and understanding that we have control over our own lives, but in a good way and a bad way like we have to take responsibility for that and i feel like what trump did and continues to do is a regression in that way because all he's doing is pointing at the other guy and blaming them for all of our problems that's not conservatism that's just fundamentally not conservative to sit there and whine about the lot we were given americans shouldn't whine like all the good things about america happened because people didn't whine they made something happen instead yeah i mean those truckers sitting out in ottawa negative 10 degrees aren't whining yeah (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, I'd rather be governed than by those boys than Donald Trump at this point. I mean, it's like, and it, it, it's so bizarre too because it's like he's going after Mike Pence, claiming he for some. I mean, I don't. He's also, I guess, making the claim that what Kamala Harris should decide who the next president is because that's pretty terrifying. Like, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, take this argument <laughs> to its reasonable conclusion. Like, it makes absolutely no sense. But it's like. Di- he was pre- Donald Trump was president of the United States when the Democrats passed all these, you know, ballot harvesting schemes and, and you know, mm-hmm. sent out mail in ballots to everybody to a bunch of dead people. And, you know, and all of this, he could have done something about it when he was the most powerful man on Earth. And he didn't. He didn't do anything. He did nothing. He let them walk around, and do whatever they wanted. And he, he's preferring to go after his own vice president and, and whine about it after the fact. It's like, dude, I. I'm sorry, you were president. Like, I, I have no patience for hearing you whine about something that you could have done something about at the time. Yeah. Like, what's the point in waiting and whining about it later? My goodness. Same with COVID, though. That's that's exactly the same thing with COVID, in that he had all this power. He chose not to exercise it. He sacrificed control of the country to Anthony Fauci and a bunch of other lifelong bureaucrats who were drunk on their own power. And look what happened. 
It was exactly the same thing of this strong image that Trump likes to portray simply isn't accurate. And people need to realize that because they, they have been led down a wrong path by him. Yeah, he, he's not a tough guy. He went on Fox News, and I know we talked about this before. He went on Fox News, and he said, oh, I, I couldn't have fired Anthony Fauci because the Democrats would have been mad at me. Really? Unbelievable. This is your hero, Republicans? <laughs> this is your hero? Just unbelievable. Unbelievable weakness shown by, by Donald Trump lately, man. My goodness. One more thing we have to mention uh, before I let you go, Ian, is our we, we both named Joe Rogan our 2021 Man of the Year. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that those that pick has held up pretty well. <laughs> but um, I, I figured we're so it out. good at this. So I, good at are. this, Brady. And and I'm usually terrible at this kind of thing, but we actually look pretty good this this time around. <laughs> but uh, I, I figured it out. The Democrats don't actually hate Joe Rogan. They just hate their own fathers. That, that, that's, <laughs> they're, they're mad at Dad. They're not mad at Joe. And they, they never forgave their dads for telling them to work out. And uh, cook their steaks rare, and to be nice to people they disagree with on politics. No, Dad, I, I want to grow up to be a Democrat. I don't want. I don't want to, you know, make my bed and work out and be nice to people. See, I think that's the problem. They hate Daddy. They don't hate Joe Rogan. What do you think? Yeah, I also think they hate success that hasn't gone through the right path. I think there's a right. lot of anger. They 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 have a way of looking at success where you have to kiss the right asses and go through the right gates. And someone like Joe Rogan did it a completely way, basically created an industry that is now hugely popular. And they're very angry about it. That's why the media hate him. That's why big tech hate him. Someone who doesn't play by the rules they wish us to play by and is still monumentally successful makes them so angry. Like they are deep down jealous, envious people. I mean, if you look at someone like Bernie Sanders, he is driven purely by envy. And I think they look at someone like Joe Rogan, who got an absolutely massive deal to go to Spotify is the most one of the most if not the most popular podcast in the world every week it makes them so angry i think it's just pure jealousy that drives them because he didn't play by their rules and it makes them very angry that he is still willing to give a platform to other people who may disagree because for them everything is a tool to be used in the pursuit of leftism and that ca- that's the same for podcasts and it makes them very angry that his platform is not being used in the way they would l- like it to be used it just it's i think it's an element of them being angry at their dad and Joe Rogan represents everything they hated about their upbringing. And I also think <laughs> Joe Rogan is indicative of the kind of success you can have in America if you just do your own thing and you're determined and you ignore the assholes in the background. I think they are very mad about him on every level. But why, why does your average Democratic voter hate Joe Rogan? Like, that's the weirdest thing. Like, I understand why the corporate press hates him. Now, I get why CNN hates the guy, because... He does nine times CNN's ratings every day. I mean, it's like... I mean, so do we, Brady. It's not exactly a, a very fair. low bar. But, like, I, I get it because he actually has interesting conversations with interesting people, and CNN doesn't wouldn't know interesting if it literally punched them in the groin. But, uh, like, I, so I understand why Brian Stelter hates Rogan, but it's like they're, they're trying to... And I, I don't think the American people really do, and that's the thing, like even Democrats. It's like I, I, don't, I don't think the press realizes that their hatred of Joe Rogan doesn't really translate into like normal people yeah. that don't work at MSNBC, you know, but it's like Rogan posts this video because he's getting so much hate from the press and everything. So he posts this video on Instagram to address the quote unquote controversy or whatever. And like, it wasn't bad. He didn't grovel. He didn't like bow down to the mob, but like he still shouldn't have posted it. I still hated that he posted it because the best, de- the best, the best way rather to deal with a leftist is to just ignore them. And that was the funniest thing Mm -hmm. about how Spotify and how Rogan were handling this whole just 
screaming at the clouds routine from the press. They just ignored it for months and months, and that was entertaining to me. I mean, that's what you should do with Democrats. You should just ignore them, let them scream at the clouds. And so I I really hated that he he came out and and made that video. He didn't, like I said, he didn't bow down. He didn't apologize. He didn't say, oh, I'm going to— I'm only gonna have Democrats on from now. On. You know, he didn't. He didn't do that. But I still hated that he even addressed these petulant little whiners. Like he said, just ignore them, man. Come on, Joe, you know better. Well, because you're kind of embracing the premise. Then you're acknowledging that there is some legitimacy to the concern. Like when the right. crazy homeless guy screams at you on the way in about you being master of the universe and controlling the weather and all those kind of things, which is also something that some members of Congress accuse people of. But you know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> if someone like that makes an accusation, you don't then go out and make a statement about how it's nonsense. You know, I know I do not control the weather. I want to refute this. You just ignore it because it's nonsense. And I think people need to sometimes you need to refute things. And sometimes, Ian, as you I mean, said, ma- you need to ignore them. Imagine anytime there's like an anti-Semitic like conspiracy theorist. Imagine if you had to go on Twitter and be like, guys, <laughs> once again, no, I don't actually control the weather. No, I don't actually control all the world banks. No, I don't. It's like, be a full-time job. Man. It would be full You could never get anything done at that point. It's like, no, Elon, I, I don't. <laughs> no, it's like more like Sharushi just leaving. No, we didn't kill children for blood. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's, it's uh, kind of exhausting, honestly. Dude, how funny is it? That Neil Young and Joni Mitchell thought they could bring down Joe Rogan. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I mean, I tweeted it's, this the other day. I hope one day to be so arrogant that I can, <laughs> I can threaten to take myself off a platform and everyone will just bow to my will. Like, you shouldn't want to be that powerful. That's just gross. It's just gross. But, dude, it's Neil <laughs> Young. <laughs> like, it's I, not... I literally didn't know who he was. Dude, like, it's I, just... I'm not like a giant music fan. I didn't know who he was. Wait, really? You didn't know who Neil Young? Uh, I don't wait. Really? You're a little bit. You're a little bit younger than me, right? How old are you, Ian? I'm 33. Oh, never mind. You're my age. Hmm. It, it is bizarre. <laughs> I just come. Up, my my youthful exuberance just makes it seem like I'm younger than I am. That's true. It's all the baby blood that you drink. That's the you know it keeps you young. <laughs> fountain, fountain of youth. <laughs> but it's just it keeps it, me living forever, you know. And another note about the Joe Rogan stuff is <laughs> just like the Tom Brady thing with the journalists. They started just making. <laughs> they said that Dave Grohl like. Said he's gonna pull Foo Fighters music down, and he never said anything like that. They said, um, uh, "What other boomer did they say it about?" It was uh, Barry Manilow. They said that Barry Manilow. Oh, Barry Manilow, not Barry. Not Barry Manilow. I mean, that and that that actually made, like I believed that one because it's like, oh, another like irrelevant seventy-five-year-old or whatever. But uh, Barry Manilow tweeted. He was like, "I heard a rumor about Spotify." Just know that it did not come from anybody that represents me. And it's like, I think the journalists were just making stuff up about like boomer musicians, just thinking that yep. they were too old to know what the internet was. It's like they wouldn't be able to refute it. But it's just funny. They just started just making it up. And then uh, another thing that really made me laugh was, um, oh, dude, shoot, I can never remember the guy's name. He was a one. He was a British feller, one hit wonder from like ten years ago. Oh, dude, terrible song, super high girly voice. From England, he had one song ten years ago. Oh, come on, throw out some names. Oh, Ian. was it the um, oh. "Never Gonna Give You Up" Rick Astley guy? No, 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 no. James Blunt. James Blunt. 
Oh, was that James was the Blunt. best trolling tweet I've ever seen. <laughs> he was like, if Spotify doesn't immediately remove Joe Rogan, I will release new music onto the platform. <laughs> it was almost 300,000 likes. <laughs> and it's he's like, a, yeah, he's but... a really good guy. If you ever actually dig into his background, he's incro- pretty incredible guy. Like he was in the military. Like I think he full on basically stopped the outbreak of a war once. It's pretty. <laughs> you should read about it. He's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, he has like the British version of a Purple Heart too. Wasn't he like a combat vet? Yeah, he like um I think he was the leader of um I don't know how big the unit was, but like they were full on ordered to attack this this group in Eastern Europe, I think, somewhere and he he didn't do it because he believed the intelligence to be false, he ended up being right. It's pretty pretty interesting. If Holy anyone's crap. out there is interested to read about it. Dude, this is why you just can never judge a book by its cover, Ian. Because every right grown man on earth who's heard that song is like yeah i could beat that guy's ass it's like probably not and probably not <laughs> <laughs> dude just a side note and this is why you just don't i mean just don't go around starting fights with grown men because you never know i mean how dude you do not want to be the guy that gets knocked out by james blunt in a bar <laughs> like that would just be the you'd have to that'd be it i mean you'd have to like go off the grid change your name like it would be like a witness protection kind of situation. Everyone's singing "You're Beautiful" everywhere you go afterwards. <laughs> oh, that'd be tough. That that'd be tough. <laughs> hey, man, you never know. You never know who you're talking talking smack to. So, mind your p's and q's, ladies and gentlemen. Ian, my friend, this is a weird episode, but it is, <laughs> it is what it is. I'm, I'm shell shocked. I had to babysit my nieces and nephews over the weekend, so I'm still a little frazzled. But yeah, that'll do it to you. Thanks for doing this, Ian. We'll do it again soon, I'm sure. Where can everybody uh, read your stuff, follow you online, keep in touch, all that? Yeah, just uh, follow me on all social media, I-G-H-A-W-O-R-T-H. You can find links to all of my work over there. Everybody follow Ian. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. (laughs) 